0: let's take off baby let's just drive honey into the night sky to the sunset shine into the day
1: baby let's go travel let's go travel let's go travel let's go travel
2: this is travel michigan i'm dave lorenz from pure michigan if you love to ski and snowboard or just relax in a spa now is the perfect time to head up north to Crystal Mountain. While you're in the region, make sure to drop into Petoskey for shopping, dining, and more outdoor fun. Before you know it, we'll be roasting marshmallows over an open fire while camping at a Michigan park. And now's the time to prepare. And speaking of parks, our State Department of Natural Resources is inviting you to explore a state park near you. We travel Michigan next, where your trip begins at
1: Michigan.org. Let's go traveling.
2: Welcome to Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. We get to talk about traveling all around Michigan on this program. And again, this week, we have some great guests for you. So I hope you can stick around for the entire hour. It's going to be well worth it, especially at this time of the year. You might be like me where, hey, you know that uh, there's a lot of snow out there and there are a lot of cool things you can do out there. You maybe just don't know exactly where to go to. Maybe you're looking for a little inspiration on places to go and things to do. So I guarantee you we're gonna be giving you that inspiration for today's program. And we're gonna start it out with that exact same thing. For the first guest, I'm gonna bring in Brittany Beauty. Brittany is the manager of public relations at the one and only Crystal Mountain Resort in Thompsonville. What a beautiful place. Um, you're at, uh, Brittany. It, it certainly is uh, one of my favorite resorts in uh, basically anywhere. I love Crystal Mountain.
0: Yes, for those who maybe are kind of skeptical about the snow, it really is a beautiful sight. It's just the most quaint village and the white blanket just makes it that much prettier.
2: <laughs> you know, I, I have a picture of Crystal Mountain that I keep in my office and it should be a um, like a postcard because it must have been taken by a drone at wintertime and in the evening, with all the lights on, and you see this beautiful view of the village itself and then the mountain. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: And it gets me thinking...
3: It really
0: is like a a snow globe.
2: (laughs) It's it's like a hallmark uh, snow globe. You're right. It really is. (laughs) Um, Let's talk about the resort itself, because people might be thinking, if they've never been there, this is just one big building. It's not at all. I mean, it is a campus and you have a variety of accommodations styles to offer people
0: crystal mountain is a four season resort so you can come visit us any of our wonderful michigan seasons and you'll have a whole new experience of vacation with your family or friends one of the best um, ski in and ski out accommodations is our mountaintop resort homes so if you're a skier or a snowboarder that's the one you want to book with family and friends so we have large accommodations or we have smaller accommodations just for your weekend getaway in um, our hotels or hotel suites. We have cottages, bungalows, condos on the golf course. So if you're coming in the spring, um, yeah, we, we have it all for every size.
2: You know, I think I've stayed in every different type of accommodation you, you offer there. The traditional hotel, I have stayed at a condo once. I've stayed in the cabins and the bungalows. So I think I can check them all off now.
0: And they all have their own little perks. You know, the Legacy Suite has the heated floors and heated towel racks. I don't know if you remember that. I do. And then those mountaintop resort homes, a beautiful view over the Betsy Valley. And then the cozy cottages are just that, cozy. And everything is within walking distance. Or you can take the shuttle or you can bike around, whether it's spring or winter, because we have fat tire bikes for the winter. So it really is about parking your car and just enjoying a weekend or a week at Crystal Mountain.
2: Well what I love about the uh, the variety of accommodations is that they will suit any of your needs. So if you're just coming up with maybe your you know significant other, okay, mm-hmm. you have that opportunity. If you have a bunch of people like we quite often do. I mean we've had I think 20 25 people at a time that come up in our 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 weekend getaway. So we've stayed in one of the big condos where virtually everybody was there man i love the fact that uh, yes. you've really thought about that it's it's very smart now now let's talk about the things you can do at crystal mountain because there's a variety of things you can do at winter time
0: well obviously our most popular is our alpine skiing or snowboarding we have 59 downhill runs we added an extra one this year and it's been an amazing season so far our slips are absolutely covered and our snow making team works hard whenever the mother nature doesn't cooperate um, and then off the slopes, there's plenty of things to do as well. You can cross-country ski through our trails, or you can go snowshoeing through the Michigan Legacy Art Park, and there's like 50 sculptures that just represents Michigan history and culture. Um, as I mentioned, you can rent a fat tire bike and go through the village or go on our 12 miles of fat biking trails. You can um, head over to Ironfish because that's only two miles away. So if you're really feeling adventurous, and then we have outdoor laser tag. Outdoor laser tag, I think, is very unique in, I, the, in the winter,
2: I, I as well as archery. You know, I didn't even know you did archery, but that out, outside yeah. uh, uh, tag opportunity at wintertime is very unique. I don't know anybody else who does that at wintertime. It's a lot of fun. I can tell you on the 23rd, I think it was, of last year. I went out there and I went to a variety of our resorts because I wanted to demonstrate that even though there wasn't a lot of snow in the southern part of the state, you could still head up into our resorts and have a great deal of fun. And your uh, fat tire bike expert took me out fat tire biking through the snow. It was so much fun. So I highly recommend that.
0: Isn't it amazing? You think it's going to be a lot harder, but those big tires, they'll get you through just about anything. Yeah,
2: you got a lot of bounce on those tires, so it's a lot of fun (laughs) uh, in addition to all the skiing and all that. Now, um, I I know before you know it, uh, we're going to be into that, um, you know, really late time of the year where you can still, you know, do a little skiing into March and all that. But you have some some cool things coming up. I know you have a Valentine's event and you also have the, the March at the Mountain. Tell us about those things.
0: Yeah, so if you're looking for a last-minute Valentine's Day idea, you could get a two-hour lesson for you and your significant other for skiing or snowboarding for just 100 bucks. So come up to Crystal Mountain and learn a new skill together because it's always fun to learn together, and then stay in one of those lovely accommodations that you mentioned, and then maybe go to the Crystal Spa as a little mm-hmm. extra treat. So yeah, Valentine's Day, and we talked about it, it's so quaint and romantic at Crystal Mountain, especially with the snowfall. It's
2: beautiful. It's such a fun thing to do. And I know you have your March at the Mountain event coming up pretty soon. And I'm going to send people to the website. I realize we're just out of time. So they can check that out by going to crystalmountain.com. And Brittany Beauty, thank you for joining us from Crystal Mountain today. We're going to talk about RVing in Michigan next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. travel michigan i'm dave lorenz from pure michigan and as we uh kind of think about all those fun things we can do to ski out there at this time of the year you might be surprised that this is the time of the year that a lot of us are starting to really seriously think about the next season that spring summer you know that warmer time of the year Uh, a lot of people are getting tired of winter already Not me, to be clear. I'm ready to keep on enjoying it for a while. But to tell you the truth, I do like to start to think about some of those things you can do in the warm weather months. I love going to the RV shows, for instance. It's really cool to be able to see, you know, the next, you know, technical advantage of Of RVs because it seems like they happen every year. There's something new. But I just kind of like going through the shows and wandering around and kind of dreaming about that next season as, as much as I'm excited about this one. So let's find out what's happening in the RV world by bringing in John Lindley. John is the president and CEO of MARVAC. MARVAC is the Michigan Association of Recreational Vehicles and Campgrounds. I can't believe I got that right, John. And you got it right the first time. I got it. I got it, Marvac. It, it, you know, this is a big deal for us. Uh, in Michigan, we do have that that hunting, fishing, camping heritage. So what you guys do is really important, uh, you know, to kind of pass on this heritage uh, for our families into the future.
1: RVing and camping in Michigan is um, a huge industry without any question, right? we We support... Well over twenty thousand jobs. There's there's twelve hundred industry businesses, a billion dollars in wages. I can I can go on and on. Not to mention that just the millions of people who have an outdoor recreational experience each year.
2: Yeah, well, it's it's so much fun. I don't think we build many RVs here yet. We do build some though, don't we?
1: Yeah, we do build some. Yep, there's a there's a, a Forest River plant in Michigan that's building the the very popular truck topper RVs. If you've seen those that are in the back of a pickup truck, a lot of those are built right here in Michigan. But uh, a huge portion of the industry is still the manufacturing bases in Northern Indiana, just across the
2: border. Yeah, not too far away, and yeah. that's why it's I think it's so so common to see brand new RVs uh, all over Michigan. And I have to tell you, John. This last three, four years, it seems like everybody is either pulling some kind of an RV or is driving one, because especially in the warm weather months, if you're on any of our expressways on the weekends, you're going to be seeing a lot of RVs. 2020,
1: 2021, and 2022 were three consecutive record years of RV sales throughout the United States, not to mention those who already owned RVs, right, and and were utilizing them. People some discovered the outdoors for the first time. Some rediscovered uh, the outdoors as a part of the, you know, the, the effect of the pandemic. Um, I like to refer to it as the, the original social distancing um, during the, you know, those early parts. But it's been a, it's been a great few years for the RV and camping lifestyle.
2: Yeah. You know, it seems like people wanted to get outside, as you say. And I heard of friends who sold their old RVs almost for as much as they bought them because they were upgrading. That's pretty phenomenal if you think about it.
1: Well, and it's actually a, a good indicator, too, that RVs hold their value. Um, that, you know, if, if you take care of them, and, and we're, Marvec is a great source for information on, on how to take care of your, your asset, um, if you take care of your RV, then it does hold its value over time
2: i took a trip with uh, my wife and our good friends a couple of years ago in a class c rv it was the first time i had driven uh, an rv and i have to tell you i was impressed on how easy it was to drive this was a pretty big unit and i could still uh, drive easily with it it had a, a rear view camera which that's always cool as well it was so easy and I think maybe that's one of the things that people might be a little intimidated by. Perhaps you should consider renting this coming season before you purchase. And I, I'll guarantee you, you're going to want to have one.
1: Renting is always an option. RV dealerships across the state um, offer rental programs for, for different sizes. But it also, it's important to remember that the RV industry is extremely diverse in the in the products that we offer. Um, you mentioned a, a Class C motorhome and, and those range and sizes themselves. Class A motorhomes are the the ones with the flat fronts that most people are familiar with when they think motorhomes. But, um, you know, we offer, I, I mentioned the truck campers, pop-up campers, travel trailers, fifth wheels, and then the, the whole gamut of motorhomes. It really is something for everybody to Recreate with, depending on what your lifestyle includes, and um, you know, very frankly, the best way to figure that out is by attending a an RV show to see the diversity of the product and and find out what type of recreating you're going to be doing before making that purchase.
2: Well, we're in that time of the year right now where those RV shows are happening. I know the the Detroit show. I think it just ended, if I remember right. But um, you have you have some big ones coming up. Uh, in March as well. Why don't we click through them and make sure people know where you're going to be and what they can find at the big RV shows.
1: Yeah, we're going to have an RV show going on in in Michigan every weekend in March, actually, Dave. March 3rd through the 5th, we're going to be at the Kellogg Arena in Battle Creek. Um, Thursday, March 9th through the 12th, we're going to be at the Blue Water Convention Center Import Huron. Oh, wow, cool. Friday, March the 17th uh, to the 19th, we're going to be at the Dort Federal Credit Union Event Center in Flint. And then we're going to cap things off Friday, the 24th of March, um, until the 26th, that Sunday, in Traverse City at the Grand Traverse County Civic Center there in uh, in Traverse City, northern Michigan.
2: I've been to at least a couple of these shows in the past, and as I mentioned uh, earlier, I really do like walking through. And occasionally, you might find yourself with questions on either how to... You know, handle the, the logistical stuff. You know how you hook everything up and whatever. And the experts are are there with these units, so you can see them, you can walk through them, you can kind of feel them out a little bit, and you can ask people a bunch of questions at these
1: shows. Anything that you can think of that's associated with the RV and camping lifestyle industry, you'll find under one roof at at any one of these shows. Um, obviously, we'll have a number of dealerships um, showing you know dozens of, of different RVs, campers, trailers, travel trailers, fifth wheels, et cetera, like I mean. But you're also going to have campground information. There's going to be campgrounds that are exhibiting, providing the information. The DNR will be at some of these shows talking about the state park system in the state of Michigan. Um, on-site financing available, campground information, as I said, accessories, different parts, towing information, information on, on, you know, for fifth wheels and suspensions, all of that type of detail. And, and, uh, you know, in addition to that, I'm happy to say that we're going to have uh, Jim Edelman and, and Tom Dalton from under the radar, Michigan are going to be appearing at each one of these four shows.
2: Well, it's going to be a party then, uh, wherever the under the radar guys are, because <laughs> it, it's always fun. Tom's a hoot. So, um, you, you need to check that out. Are they going to be speaking about that RV series that, that they did?
1: yes and and, as a matter of fact, I'm talking about that and many else, yep um different places that camp throughout the state and and all of the above them, they'll be signing their books as
2: well I was going to say I know they have a new version of their their uh, book out because I'm in it a couple of places, so that's that's worth getting just for that reason. So Correct. I know you'll enjoy it. Well, it, it's really cool to to head to these shows. Are there any new technical advances that are that you're aware of that uh, people might want to know about, or like design changes? I know we can find these at the shows, but anything in particular you think we should be uh, be looking for?
1: I, I think the two the two biggest trends that you're seeing right now in the in the RV world. Um, number one. You hardly see a, a, an RV unit that's built nowadays. It does not have some sort of outdoor kitchen component. Um, people enjoy cooking and, and eating, preparing their meals um, outdoor when they're camping. Of course, that's half the reason out, that you're out there. But The other thing that I will mention is that more and more of our manufacturers are building units that are designed to spend more time off the grid, more and more, again, manufacturers and, of course, our dealers are carrying those units that are, are more for the, um, uh, the off-trail, the, the boondocking, so to speak.
2: I'm really happy to hear you can be off the grid. That's what I'm looking for when I go camping. For information about MARVAC, go to this website, michiganrvandcampgrounds.org. You'll even find out about places you can go camping at wintertime. Uh, there's the website. Thanks, uh, John, for joining us today. And we're going to find out what's happening at Michigan State Parks next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. It's Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. And uh, I, I really love thinking about that whole thing about RVing. Um, and I'll tell you, um, you know, we did that, that one RV trip that I was telling John about in the last segment a while ago. My wife and I, though, for years, we've been tent campers and we've slowly kind of built our tent assets up. So now we got a pretty big tent. But I think we're about ready to to transition into a into one of those RVs. I'm getting a little tired of crawling around on my knees, I think. So I'm looking forward to it. And before you know it, we're going to be back out there. We're going to be enjoying our parks, all those private parks, but also our state parks, all those great campgrounds. We have one of the best state park systems in the country. And that's not just Dave, the tourism guy, telling you that. It's the truth. If you were to talk to... Other state, uh, like Department of Natural Resources folks around the country, they would point toward Michigan's as being one of the highest qualities of um, of park systems that you can have at the statewide level. I mean, that's, that's something that we should all be proud of. So I hope this coming uh, warm weather months, if not before, you are using a Michigan State Park and supporting them with your passport. In other words, those couple of extra bucks that you pay when you get your driver's license, I highly recommend you consider doing that. Why do I talk about all this still? We just got done talking to John Lindley. Well, it's because we're bringing in Maya Turek. Maya is the Engagement and innovations Specialist with the Parks and Recreation Division of the Michigan Department of Natural Resources. Do you put that all on your business card, Maya?
3: That's a (laughs) lot. I actually do, if you can believe it. Yes.
2: Wow, that's a lot. Well, you know what? You do a lot, and our Department of Natural Resources does so much. And I think it's a shame. It seems like when I go to speak to groups and I bring up the DNR, all people think about is the enforcement division. They don't think about all the things (laughs) that you know you guys protect and, and provide for us. So, thanks for everything you do.
3: Oh, yeah, absolutely. It's funny that you say that. I get that question a lot. And uh, if I go to parties and people say, oh, you work for the DNR? Do you carry a gun? I'm yeah. like, oh, that would be a completely gonna different give, kind yeah, of marketing. Are you going to give me a ticket? <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> well,
2: it's, it really is no, something. No. Yeah, well, I know you guys, uh, you have a lot of divisions. So at the parks uh, division, that's probably really the division that most people think of when it comes to the DNR uh, because you have so many great parks out there. How many state parks do we technically have?
3: Uh, technically, we have 104 state parks, but we also have 136 state forest campgrounds that the Parks and Recreation Division manages. Um, in collaboration with other divisions, we have forest resources. So they manage all the woods that keep those places beautiful, and then we manage the recreational side. Um, and then we also have all of our beautiful waterways. We have boating access sites in our harbors. And so we have our, our hands in a lot of things to try to make Michigan an absolutely spectacular place to visit.
2: Yeah, I've never, I've never camped at a... A uh, forest, like a state forest before? I've always oh, stayed really? in the traditional state campgrounds. It just seems easier to me. Is it is it complicated to stay in one of the forest areas?
3: No, not at all. Um, in fact, if you're a tent camper, you'd probably really love it. Hmm. Um, our, our state forest campgrounds are rustic, which means you're going to have um, non-flushing toilets, those wonderful vault toilets hmm. that are at our rustic parks, and you're not going to have running water. You will have a pump so you have access to water. Hmm. Um, and one of the things that's interesting is that all of those are on water bodies. So if you like to get into Michigan's most remote places for fishing, or if you just want to enjoy a really peaceful hike through the woods, our state forest campgrounds are perfect destinations for that because you're not going to have a lot of lights. You're not going to have um, a lot of traffic nearby because they're they're pretty remote. So I would highly recommend it for anybody who doesn't mind rustic camping.
2: Can you make advanced reservations for those sites as as well?
3: Not yet. I know we're adding some of our more popular uh, state forest campgrounds. We are working on having advanced reservations for those. But for right now, they are first come, first served, which does make them kind of beloved by locals who live around them. Yeah. But I I kind of like that idea,
2: actually. Um, You know, because you never know. You might be driving through and you might be saying, hey, I wonder what this one looks like. And, hey, let's just camp and then basically uh they'll have a place where you can you know deposit your fee and whatever else
3: absolutely yes we have a fee pipe and, and envelopes there and it it really is it's a, a great throwback to uh you know kind of the early camping days in beautiful destinations
2: well i'll try that out you, you were mentioning you mentioned harbors in kind of the introduction oh yeah and um people can in effect quote-unquote camp at harbors as well right
3: yeah. Yes. Actually, uh, it, it's really fun. Well, again, kind of like tent camping. Um, you know, you you can reserve a slip at a harbor just like you reserve a slip at a campground. In fact, it's the same system. If you're staying at a state park or at a state managed harbor, or at any one of our, we have partner harbors. We call them grant and aid harbors, which means we've provided some funding to the municipality to help manage the harbor to help us maintain that uh, harbor of refuge program that runs all around. Great Lakes to make sure that people are never more than 10 miles from from a safe refuge if weather kicks up when you' when you're boating. but um, what's really interesting is how many people don't realize that that's that's not just only there for um, for bad weather and it's not all seasonal slips. Most of our grant Aid harbors have about a 50/50 split so 50% are seasonal slips but the other 50% are available for anybody who wanted to stay the night whether you can stay on your boat or like what I like to do. I have a pontoon, so I, I just keep it wherever I'm fishing. And I can just motor out and not have to worry about a boating access site, enjoy some amazing salmon fishing, and then either just go home to my own home at night or if I'm going somewhere else, I just go back to my um, hotel or my, my rental property. So, you know, just really – it is an interesting addition, and for anybody who's ever had to park their boat in a hotel parking mm. lot, it's a really great opportunity.
2: Yeah, sometimes it's a little difficult to find a uh, parking space that's that's big enough for that. Well, that's yeah. that's a neat idea. I'll have to look into that. And I know you can do that by going to Michigan.gov forward slash DNR. We'll, uh, we'll repeat that website a little bit later on, but check that out. Yeah. You know, Right now, uh, of course, uh, there's not a lot of camping going on, although there are some campgrounds that are open at wintertime, aren't there?
3: We do. We have about 11 camps, uh, state parks, that are open in the wintertime, like Muskegon State Park, which, as you know, I love telling you about Muskegon State Park because they do have the luge mm-hmm. um, and that winter sports uh, complex that is just, spectacular so much to do with the lantern lit skiing and lantern lit uh, ice skating and, uh, it's just a fabulous reason to visit muskegon it really is um, yeah but we also have other places too like uh porcupine mountains i know a lot of people love to visit the porkies in the summer because of the outstanding hiking but we have all those trails well almost all those trails are also used for cross-country skiing, backcountry skiing, fat tire biking, and we manage that ski hill there, so you can also get in some downhill skiing on completely natural snow. We don't make any snow there. Um, it's all what is, has been blown in from our stunning Lake Superior.
2: Yeah, I, I forget about that. So there is a downhill skiing place at uh, Porcupine yeah. Mountains.
3: Yeah, isn't that crazy? Hmm. <laughs> I know. It's uh, it's the only ski hill in our state park system. Kind of like we only have one, t- uh, one well, technically two tennis courts uh, available in our state park system. Ah,
2: well, that's cool. <laughs> that's
3: well, strange. we have like some of these anomalies. Yeah. Well,
2: think about it. There are so many things to do at a state park. I mean, um, you know, just yeah. being in the water and you're almost always on water, um, fishing, hiking, camping, of course, um, you know, the whole ORV thing. There are places that, that the, you have state parks that are specifically for equestrian people as well, right?
3: Well, we have um, state parks that do have equestrian-only. Um, we might have like a, a, a group campground. So if you have an equestrian group that wants to travel together, we have campgrounds that are designed for that. Uh, we also have places like Ionia, uh, recreation area, where it's a great place if because we have an equestrian campground, but we also have, um, uh, I, oh, what do they call it, a confidence course, as mm-hmm. well as some, some trails for equestrians. Um, and when we were talking about State Forest campgrounds, we have another one, uh, uh, one or two, I think, that are also equestrian campsites. So our equestrians here in Michigan have been really wonderful advocates to help us um, find places that work really well and, and help uh, make them destinations that people from outside of the state would want to come visit as well making sure that we have long enough trails.
2: Yeah and of course this time of the year I know there are a lot of ice fishermen those anglers are heading to our state park so they can do ice fishing that's (laughs) that seems to be everywhere. Maya I know we're running out of time but but I have to just tell you I'm so impressed with what the DNR has done for accessibility to make our park system Mm -hmm. in so many ways open to those of the disabled community. Very impressive.
3: Thank you. Yeah, I think Michigan's really been a leader overall. I think, you know, we collaborate with the national parks. Um, We actually, it's interesting, um, our track chair program, we've been working with other states to help uh, them with fundraising and to help them see the, the benefits of making track chairs available in as many places as possible. Because we do, we really want, when you think about your state park system, these are all public lands and public waters, which means they need to be accessible for everyone. Wouldn't you uh, think? And so that's really what we're working toward.
2: Yeah, well, I, I tell you I know of no other state that's doing all the things that our Department of Natural Resources is doing in the accessibility area and encouraging mm-hmm. people to experience the outdoors you know, responsibly to leave no trace, have a great deal of fun, only take mm-hmm. memories and uh, and leave footprints and you'll enjoy it. The website to learn more is michigan.gov forward slash DNR. And our thanks to Maya Turk for being with us today. We're going to head to Petoskey next here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at michigan.org. Travel Michigan. I'm Dave Lorenz from Pure Michigan. And here we are. We're in the midst of, I think, the best time of the year. You know, that time when you can, sure, you can stay inside and do some really cool things. Maybe do some things you never have time for in the summertime, like checking out those art galleries and those museums, uh, maybe doing some more shopping. Um, and it, there's always a good time to go to a local restaurant. So I, I love that as well. But i tell you, Right now, I think, is probably my favorite time to head to the Petoskey area. And we're going to talk to Jim Powell next, the executive director of the Petoskey uh, CVB, the Convention Visitors Bureau up there. Because, man, it, I mean, it's a beautiful area. And its I, I hope you understand this. It's more than Petoskey. I mean, Petoskey is great, but there are some other really cool areas there, too, that we can explore. So, Jim, uh, welcome to the program. I have to tell you, it is a beautiful place, and I know you know that.
4: Yeah, Dave, thank you very much uh, for having me on this morning. Yeah, this is absolutely the right time to think about coming up to uh, the Petoskey area, visiting Petoskey, Harbor Springs, uh, the Boyne Valley you know, really, uh, in the winter, this is our sweet spot, especially with the three resorts that we have, the ski resorts that we have up in the region um, and what they offer. You know, that, that individual that's interested in in that, you know, over 1,100 acres of skiable terrain, 165 trails, 33 lifts. You know, we average between 120 and 140 inches of snow up here per winter. And hmm. between those three resorts, there's a lot to choose from.
2: Well, you think about that. um, Three resorts. I I tend to forget about that because I, I, you know, Boyne Mountain, it's just so, so big and beautiful and obvious, but there are the other two resorts. So let's kind of let's kind of click through them and kind of backwards from Boyne Mountain. Um, uh, Tell us what's happening at Nubs Knob. Anything new?
4: You know, Nubs is, um, you know, again they're continuing to work on their snowmaking there. They have 100% coverage. They do have a new lift on slate for next year. Uh, nothing, nothing big this year. A lot of little improvements for them. They're are kind of our steady eddy here in the region, but they do have a new lift plan for next year. Um, something similar, like at, at, at the Highlands as well. That's just right across the, the valley from them. Um, they have a two more lifts going in next year, but this year. They've expanded their snowmaking. They have added in a, um, uh, a new beginner uh, magic carpet in that area, and they've expanded their kids' ski programs as well as some uh, women's programs that they have for, for winter, winter skiing in that area. Uh, and then the big one, obviously, with Boyne Mountain, kind of their big news this year is the, the new eight-pack lift uh, over at the Disciples Village area. Um, you know, certainly something you don't see here in northern Michigan, probably more typical to see in Colorado, Utah, or Montana, but it will improve their uphill um, capacity and open up some additional night skiing for them. And, you know, also, you know, probably one of the, the cooler things to talk about with Boyne Mountains, what they launched this fall, which was Skybridge, Michigan, the pedestrian, um, timber frame pedestrian um, uh, bridge uh, that, that spans two of their peaks there now. It was launched this, this winter or this, this fall, but it is available all, all season long, including the winter, which offers spectacular views and really has drawn a lot of new people over to the area. Um, we, we had a lot of great reports from people in the fall, and, and I would expect that that will continue. And, and you don't need to be a skier to access it in the wintertime. You, you hop on the hemlock chairlift, they take you up, you've got access to warming rooms and bonfire pits. But again, it's a really unique experience to go do that. Hopefully, hopefully the, the listeners will get a chance to do that this year. So
2: it's it's so cool. Well, you mentioned that that eight seat uh, lift. I know that's intimidating to a lot of people. Certainly used to be to me until I just kind of got comfortable with that thought. But but technically, they've made such advances that I think it's easier to get on and off those lifts today. Um, can you describe you know how that works?
4: Yeah, you're you're absolutely right. Sense, especially since it's a detachable lift, and it has kind of a movable, uh, almost like a magic carpet that you step onto. It makes it very easy, whether you're an adult, a kid, you know, getting onto that lift. And certainly, you know, eight passengers is is a um, is an interesting uh, coordination effort. But you know, it, again, everything about that experience makes it easy to get on. The seats are heated for your quick three minute ride to the top, and. You know, the, it has a bubble that comes down that protects you, um, especially when you, you might have some wind blowing up uh, or, or have it snowing. And having experienced a bubble lift like that before, it really makes the rest of your day enjoyable when you get out of the elements for a couple of minutes on that lift ride up. So
2: it's, it's a neat thing. You know, and so some of the resorts offer, um, you know, other activities you can do besides downhill skiing. Uh, and I love that too, because if you're, you're going with a party and not everybody is ski as a skier, you still want to have something to do. Um, any, anything in particular you think we should mention when it comes to the, the other activities, the other fun things?
4: Yeah, I think, you know, each one of those resorts offers cross country skiing, including some fat tire biking, things of that nature, um, snowshoeing. Um, uh, the Highlands has a wonderful enchanted trail that's kind of an evening walk activity that, um, you know, they've done a really wonderful job of creating that experience of, you know, wandering through the woods. Um, I would also say, you know, you also take into account things like Boyne Mountain and a water park. Um, you know, if you're looking to, to get warmed up after a day of skiing or not even interested, you know, it's a great place to take the kids, uh, let them unwind. Um, the resorts also offer zip lines and tubing and things of that nature. So there's always something going on there to to kind of meet everyone's needs including you know wonderful spas I think in each one of the the Boyne Highlands and and the Boyne Mountain resorts including in Bay Harbor here in the in the area you know you can't you can't talk about spas enough uh, for those that are maybe more interested in indoor activities. So. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think you're right and you know they're they're so smart in the way that these resorts have become four season resorts uh, in so many ways. So people need to check them out. Now, if you're in the area, the Petoskey region, uh, I always, you know, say Petoskey, but I really mean the greater <laughs> region because you have mm, kind of three communities that are certainly uh, places that people should check out for shopping and dining and just for enjoying the atmosphere.
4: Yeah, absolutely. Petoskey has the most vibrant scene come wintertime, obviously, because the local population, you know, find you know, a great variety of restaurants and shops and everything you need here. But I also encourage people to go check out places like Boyne City. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of fun things going on down there right now. Um, in fact, you and I were just talking about this new distillery that's opened over there, Muskrat. Uh, a couple of young guys put that together and along with a few of the restaurants over there. It offers a really unique little uh, area to go over to to get away and maybe, you know, a little slower pace over there. You also have access to great trails off of Avalanche Mountain Preserve over there that are a great way to go for a hike. And then maybe go grab lunch or dinner um, over in Boyne City. Harvest Rings, again, is magical come wintertime. It's right out of a Hallmark movie, quite honestly. And, you know, while it a little bit quieter over there in the wintertime, there are plenty of restaurants and shops open to, to wander around. Great place to apres ski if you've just gone to the Highlands or Nubs or, or, or um, you know, other places. You know, a great place to go hit one of the, um, you know, wineries or distilleries in that area or one of the restaurants. And, you know, that's a big thing. I think, you know, winter is also one of my favorite times to hit our wineries. It's a great place to go after a day of skiing. Uh, Boyne Valley Vineyards or Pond Hill Farms. You know, again, it's not your normal uh, après ski experience, but we have access to those come, come the wintertime. Or one of our breweries like Petoskey or SIGS, uh, Sig's over in uh, Boyne City. one of the distilleries. The newest one is uh, Gypsy Farms, Mm. uh, which is located right across from from Bay Harbor. Unique environment over there, big kind of almost like a bit of an event center. But that's where the distillery is. They've got a lot of indoor games. Great way to kind of wind down after a day on the mountain or a day on the trails.
2: Agree. agree. There's so many just really beautiful communities and cool things you can do in the area. In addition to skiing, and let's not forget about Avalanche Bay Water Park at Boyne Mountain because yeah. that's an awesome thing for the kids and the entire family as well. Uh, make sure to check out the, uh, the views everywhere. It is a beautiful area. If you'd like to learn more and, and believe me, there are plenty of hotel rooms that you need to book and maybe check out in advance as well, in addition to the resorts. The website to find all that information is com. And, uh, boy, you'll be happy you did. Our thanks to Jim Powell for joining us today. And, folks, that's all the time we have for Travel Michigan for this week. We'll talk to you next week here on Travel Michigan, where your trip begins at Michigan.org. Let's
1: go traveling. Let's go traveling.